And today we're going to talk about what that means to follow faithfully God. And then next week, what does that mean to have the wisdom, the discernment to be able to walk in the way of Jesus? Let's begin our time with a word of prayer. We pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, to be in your word, to hear from you, and to be shaped and be molded by you. Lord, speak to us this day. May it be your word that continues to direct, shape, mold, and guide our life, both now and for eternity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So have you ever tried to get a child to follow you in a place and in a way where they don't want to go? You ever done that before? Isn't that a whole lot of fun? I remember taking my son, uh, I don't remember, he must have been five, maybe six years old, a couple years ago, and we were going out shopping, and I think we were over at Target or Walmart, and, and there was just one or two things I needed to get, right? Like, this was not a, let's wander around the store, look at everything that's available. This was a, I have a mission, we have two items to get, let's get in, get those items, and get home. But whenever you take a five-year-old boy into a store, it is never about your mission, it's about their mission, right? So we're walking in and Dad, Dad, can we go check out the toys? No. Can we go see the sporting goods? No. Can we see baseball gloves? No. Can I get a snack? No. Can I get a soda? No. No, we're just going into what Dad wants. Well, when they finally get that you're not going to go where they want you to go, well, they decide that if this is going to be a rotten trip for you, it's going to be a rotten trip for you also, right? And so here's David, and he's scuffing his feet and dragging his feet and looking down and mumbling and complaining. And then every time I turn around, he's gone, right? Like, like I look around, I'm like, David, where did you go now? And now I'm walking down the aisles, and this five-minute trip was like feeling like it's 25 minutes long. So finally, I did what any dad does, which is like, you will put your hand on this cart right now, and you will not let go. Right? Like, you hold on to that cart, and if you let go, then I'm going to be strapping you into the cart. Right? Like, that is the end of this. And so there he is, but the problem when you do that and make him hold on to the cart is it's now three times harder to push the cart. Right? Because he is, like, holding on and dragging his feet so that it is a pain to push the cart. And then he's looking down the whole time, which means he's running into end stands and people and like everything else. So finally, I remember looking at him and going, just look up and move your feet. Look up and move. This is what it means to follow, isn't it? Just look up and move. And I think that there are many of us who are just like my son David, and we are not very good at following other people. Unless, of course, they're going where I want them to go, right? Like if you're going where I want you to go, yeah, I'll follow you, but if you're not going where I want you to go, well, then I'm just going to do my own thing anyways. When you start the new year off, many of us put things into place so that we can follow or run after them, right? New Year's resolutions or, or goals or hopes or dreams or, or I want to accomplish this or I want to do that or, or this is how I want my year to look. And, and some of you are so bad at following things, it's six days into January and you have already broken some of your New Year's resolutions. You are not good at following. Many of us are not good at following. But when it comes to our relationship with God, the question I want us to ask today is, is not are you good at following God, but what does it look like 
to be good at faithfully following God. What, what does that look like? How do you and I faithfully follow God? We're, we're going to look at this in the story that we get in our Old Testament from Exodus chapter 13. So would you open your Bibles in front of us to in front of you to Exodus chapter 13. Uh, if you brought your Bible from home, that's wonderful. We love to encourage you to do that so you can mark in it or highlight it or, or whatever you would like to do in your own Bible from home. But if you didn't open it up in a Bible app or in the Bible in front of you, it's page five or 55, page 55. Now, let me just set the context for what's going on in the life of Israel in Exodus chapter 13. In the first 10, 12 chapters of Exodus, the people of Israel were slaves in Egypt. They had been slaves for about 400 years since Joseph, who had gone into Egypt. You remember Joseph and the coat of many colors who had gone in there. There was a famine, and so he brought his family to Egypt so that they might be spared from that famine. Well, they've stayed there, and, and the belief is, is that a new set of pharaohs, a new regime came in, and that new regime that came in didn't like the Israelites. They weren't Egyptians. They didn't want them to have power. The Israelites were growing too big, too strong, too powerful, and so they decided to enslave them. And so for 400-some years, the Israelites are in slavery. Well, finally, through Moses, God says, I'm going to now set my people free and bring them back to the promised land I had guaranteed was theirs. And so Moses and Pharaoh have an interaction back and forth and back and forth 10 different times in which we see the 10 plagues culminating in the plague of the angel of death that kills the firstborn of Egypt and Israel who do not have the blood of the lamb that is placed on their doorpost. And so Egypt finally says, that's it, we're done, just go. Take your stuff, pack up, put everything in your U-Hauls and in your cars, which they didn't have, but, but carry your stuff and you guys just go, get out of here. And so now they are leaving Egypt. They have not yet met the Red Sea. So for those of you who are familiar with the story of the Red Sea, they have not gotten there yet, but they're on their way. Verse 17 says this. So when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. But God said, lest the people change their mind when they see war and return to Egypt. So, so what he's saying is this. If this is a map up on the screen of what the, this land would have looked like at this time. And if you see where the land of Goshen is, the beginning of that red dotted line, it was right in there that the people of Israel were held captive. So God sets them free and they begin this journey towards the Red Sea. And the reason they begin the journey here is because God says, well, I could take you this way or I could take you this way. Now this way is quicker. This way is faster, but that way is more difficult. There are Egyptian strongholds and there are Philistine strongholds and, and there are all sorts of armies and there are all sorts of, of, of pitfalls along the way here. And, and frankly, Israel, you're not ready for that yet. You're not strong enough. You're not, you don't have a strong enough faith yet. You will never be a military might that is great enough to defeat them on your own. And God says, so, so in case I take you this way and you change your mind and say, hey, let's go back. I'm going to take you down this way. You ever been like Israel and changed your mind? Said, you know what, I've, I've changed my mind. Some of you have done that where you say, you know what, I'm going to start getting up at 5 a.m. to work out. And then you get up at 5 a.m. twice and you're like, yeah, I changed my mind. I'm not doing that anymore. 
Some of you said, you know what? I'm starting a new diet. No more breads. I am going gluten-free this year. And then you go to a restaurant and realize you can't have French fries. And you're like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. I've changed my mind, right? Some of you have done that with a job. You got a job and you're like, this is the perfect job. I've changed jobs. This is exactly what I've been looking for. And you believe that there are no problems and no struggles because it's a new job and that's what every shiny new job looks like, right? And then you get in the midst of that job and you're like, yeah, I've changed my mind. I wish I had my old one back. Or maybe it's with going on vacation and you get there and then all of a sudden your children misbehave and you're like, I've changed my mind. Let's just go home. There are times where all of us have said, you know what, I've changed my mind. I don't like where I'm at. I don't like where God's led me. I don't like what I'm going through and what I'm dealing with. I've changed my mind. And yet God says, lest you change your mind, I'm going to take you a different way. So it goes on in the text in verse 18, it says, but God led the people of Israel around by the way of the wilderness. Who does it say led the people of God? Who led them? God did. Notice who it does not say led them. Moses. Because most of the time we think, well, Moses leads them through the wilderness and Moses takes them to Mount Sinai. Moses and Moses. No, no, no. It's not Moses who leads anywhere. It's the same thing in a church. It's God who leads his church. It's God who leads his people. It's God who we follow. Not any one person or people, but it is God himself who leads his people faithfully through the wilderness of life that he leads us on. And so God leads his people here in this text. And Moses, what Moses needs to learn, and he is continuing to learn, is Moses needs to first learn how to follow God before he can lead Israel. That's what every leader learns, how to follow God first. And so then it goes through a little more text where it talks about how they carry the bones of Joseph and they're going up from that place. But, but move on to verse 20. It's on the next page in verse 20. And it says this. And so they moved on from Sakoth and encamped at Ephem, Ephem on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by, a pill, by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they may travel by day and night. And the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Can I show you three significant phrases in this text about what it means to follow God faithfully? The first one is this. And the Lord went before them. Why did God go first? Why did the leader go first? Because that's what a leader does. A leader goes first. He protects. He fights for. He gives direction to. He goes with. The leader goes first. And so God goes first as as, as the God who leads his people. Now, in a very simply logistical reason for this, it's because none of the people had ever been to Israel before. They would have had no clue how to get there, right? It's been 400 some years since anybody had been to Israel from that group of people. So if if God had just said, here you go, here's the wilderness, Moses, lead them. Well, Moses had not been there. None of the people had been there. Nobody would have known where to go, right? They didn't have iPhones. They couldn't pull up the app and gone, gone, okay, Siri map promised land, right? Like they didn't, they couldn't do that. Uh, They couldn't have, they didn't have GPS, no satellites, right? They they couldn't get help from anybody else. Uh, They didn't, or they would have had very primitive maps, but they may not even had access to them. So in a very logistically simple way, God had to go before them because they would have gotten lost on the way. 
but they also would have gotten spiritually lost on the way. And so God goes before them to fight for them, to protect them, because Israel cannot go into dangerous situations without the Lord. And neither can we. We need a God who goes before us. A God who goes into the difficult, the broken, the pain-filled, the struggled, who goes into our successes, lest they go to our heads instead to our hearts. A God who goes before us so that we know it is his victory and he is the one who sustains us. The second key phrase is this, and he says, to lead them along the way. And he did this with a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud. What he basically says is this, is in order to faithfully follow God, what you need to do is look up and then move. Like you can't go forward until you look up. Like I told my son, like, like look up and then walk. God says the same. Like I'm gonna provide for you, I'm gonna go before you, and I'm gonna do so in a pillar of fire, and the journey is difficult, and the journey is long, but look up and then move. But he also says to them, move. He says, you're not done. God could have protected them right there where they encamped. He could have said, you don't need to go through the Red Sea. You don't need to make it to the promised land. I've gotten you out of Egypt. You're not slaves anymore. You can just stay there. But he says, no, no, there is a journey in front of you. There is a wilderness to go through. Uh, there are enemies to defeat. And there is a promised land to capture. You are not done yet. Look up and keep going. And that's what God has always said to his people. And God says to us today, look up and keep going. I'm not done with you yet. There is more for you as God's people here at Grace to do. There is a community to change. There are lives to be changed. There are people to hear the gospel. There are people to be cared for. There are students who need to hear about Jesus Christ. There are adults who need to be baptized so that they might be part of the kingdom of God. We are not done yet. Look up and keep going. And so God leads them. He leads them through the, the wilderness to Sinai. He leads them from Sinai through the wilderness to the promised land. When they reject the promised land, he leads them back into the wilderness and leads them back to the promised land. And this whole time he provides and protects. He says, don't lose sight of me. And there were times, certainly times, when the people of Israel lost sight of God, when the enemies were too great, when there was no food or water, when they got to Mount Sinai and there was this lightning and thunder on the mountain of God and they thought Moses was gone and so instead of seeing God, they saw the gold and built a golden calf. When they got to the promised land and they said, said we're going to take the promised land, but the, the, the uh, spies come back and they said, no way, they, there's giants there. There's no way we should go into the promised land and they lost sight of God. But you know, for every time they lost sight of God, God never lost sight of them. You know, that's what it means to faithfully follow God, is to believe that even when we lose sight of God, God does not lose sight of us. We actually see this in our text, Exodus chapter 14, which is why I wanted you to open it up. Exodus chapter 14, they get to the Red Sea, and Egypt is now chasing them down, because Egypt has decided, you know what, we made a mistake. Now, we changed our mind, and we're going to destroy Israel. We're going to destroy these rebellious slaves. And so God says, you wait here. Let me take care of this. You stop. Just sit tight. In Exodus 14, verse 19, notice what he says. It says, then the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel, he moved and he went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness and it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. Do you see what God did for them? He said, you sit tight here. 
I'll take care of this. And the cloud moved from before them to behind them, and it blocked the way of the Egyptians. And God protected them. He took care of them. And then if you look down at verse 20, look at verse 20, 24, it says this, And in the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces, and it threw the Egyptian forces into panic, clogging their chariot wheels so they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord, who was leading them by a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud, protected them. And he destroys the Egyptians. So much so that in verse 30 it says, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. God says, just follow me. Look up and move. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to watch over you. I will provide for you. Just follow me. You know, we're okay following God as long as God is okay going our direction. Right? Like, God, God, this is where I'm going, so if you want to hop on board, hop on board, because this is where I'm going. But, but if you decide you want to go a different way, well, maybe we need to part ways until you're ready to come back to me. God says, no, 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 it's not me coming back to you. It's, it's, it's you who I'm bringing back to myself. He says, faithfully follow me. Look up and move. And you might say, but God, I have a better way. I have a faster way. I have an easier way. I have a stronger way. And God says, no, you don't. And you and I sometimes act like Israel or my son and we grumble and we complain and we drag our feet and go, God, this isn't what I want and this is where it wasn't where I wanted you to lead me. And yet God says, but it's where I need you to go. So look up and move. Do you notice in this text, and if you would read the entire scriptures, this idea of, of setting goals is found nowhere in scripture. Like God never says to his people, hey, uh, set some goals for next year and let me know what you want to accomplish. Like, you don't find that anywhere. He doesn't say, so what do you want to do and where do you want to be next year? But you know what God says instead? He says, says, here is where I want you to go and this is what I want you to become next year. He says, don't follow your goals, but follow your God. And those can be two very different things, can't they? Following your goals and following your God. In fact, what I believe is when we follow faithfully, God transforms our goals by following his path. When we follow his ways, he transforms our goals so that we don't follow our goals, but we follow our God personally, professionally, financially, relationally, in our marriages, in our homes, with our children. We say, you know what? It's not about the goals I set for my children, but it's about helping them to follow God faithfully. It's not the goals I set for myself professionally, but it's following God faithfully. It's not setting goals for myself financially, but it's following God faithfully. And then the last part about following God faithfully says this, and the Lord, he did not depart from before the people. It says there is no fear in following God because God will always be with you wherever he leads you because God will never leave you where he leads you. Do you believe that? That God will never leave you where he leads you. He says, I know the plans I have for you to prosper you and not to harm you. He says, I will never leave you nor will I forsake you. It says there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. That God will never, ever leave you where he leads you. I know some of you are reading this text and going, yeah, that's great, but, but where is my pillar of fire and my cloud? Right, like, like at, for Israel, that was easy. Like they could see it. Like there's a pillar of fire and a cloud. How are they going to miss that? They could follow that faithfully. 
I believe that God gives us a pillar of fire and a cloud. He just does it differently. It's our gospel reading. When the people of God, when Jesus was teaching the people of God, it says says that some of them said, man, this is way too hard. Like, I can't believe this. How can anybody believe this? And so it said in John chapter 6, verse 66, many of these disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus looked at the rest of the disciples and says, do you want to walk away as well? And then Peter said these profound words. Would you read these with me this morning? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Who are you following? And where are they leading you? Can they get you there? And will they be able to sustain you when you get there? In fact, before you follow anyone or anything or set any goals for your life or for your new years, you need to be able to answer Peter's question. Lord, who else can get me where you can? Lord, to whom else shall I go to lead me and guide me? Because nobody else can say to me, step where I step and walk where I walk because I will guide you and protect you and watch over you. Some of you ask the question, like how am I where I'm at today? Like how did I get to this place? Like how am I in the midst of this brokenness, in the midst of this pain, in the midst of this suffering? Like how did I get here? Well, many of us got there because we ended up following something other than God to where we find ourselves today. And God says to you, don't look around you and don't look inside of you, but look up to the only one who has the words of eternal life. May your words be Peter's words. Lord, in our direction, in our life, as I'm walking along, as I'm following faithfully, Lord, to whom shall I go? You have the words of eternal life. I believe and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Lord, where else should I turn to but the pages of Scripture to be my pillar of fire and my cloud? Where else should I turn to to find direction, to look up and to move forward, to be upward and onward in the life that God has given me but in the pages of Scripture? And so for your job, for your marriage, for your children, for your family, For your work, the most important thing you could ever do is to echo the words of John and say, of Peter and say, I can only look to the word of God to find direction and strength and protection for my life, both for now and forever. In fact, if I would say, if you would have one goal for this new year, that one goal would be to be more engaged with spending time in the word of God. To be more engaged in finding your head in God's word so that you can look up to him and move onward in the life that God has for you. To be finding yourself daily in the pages of scripture, seeking his word and his promises. In fact, we're going to have, there are a lot of different ways to do that at Grace. There are Bible studies and things like that, but we're going to have a Bible study that's coming up that I really want to highlight for you. Uh, And it's going to be starting February 10th, the weekend after the Bears win the Super Bowl. So the weekend after the Bears win the Super Bowl, uh, we're going to have a Bible study that's starting up on Sunday nights, uh, led by Brad Alice, talking about uh, life's big questions and God's big answers. And I really want to encourage you to be a part of it. We're doing it at 5.30, which is the exact same time our youth group meets. And the reason for that is we want to do an intergenerational Bible study with people of all ages gathering together to talk about these big questions of life and what God has to say about it. So our youth are going to be there. Parents are going to be there. We want all of our members of all ages to be a part 
part of this Bible study. Uh, Brad Alice is going to lead the Bible study based on a book he has written. And then when the youth, when they've gone through the teaching, the youth are going to do their small group time. And then the adults who are left are going to have some conversation and discussion and interaction. And I'm really excited about it. And I believe that this is an opportunity for us again to be able to look up to God in his word and to move on. Look up so you can move on because God will never leave you where he leads you, but he will always move you into the future that he wants for you because that's what it means to move faithfully forward following God by looking up and moving on in his name. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thanks for this day and this time to be in your word. And we pray that you would help us to be a people of the word so that we would constantly find ourselves in your word, reading your word, allowing your word to get into us so much so that it can't help but come out of us into our lives and our relationships. So as we parent and as we live life with our husbands and wives and as we do life with our coworkers, that your word would be so ingrained in our hearts that it cannot help but flow forth from us. So Lord, instead of looking to our goals, help us to follow our God who goes before us and will never depart from us so that we can look up, look up and move on to the future you have for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.